This not this year I've been two, nine, four, and five. I was thinking about giving you the same number, but I didn't want you to look stupid up front. All my career at Bromsgrove was um, right back. Mm. I, I had just under 250 appearances, and I, I had played mm. in midfield on a few occasions, but I did, again, at Bromsgrove, I even ended up playing in goal. So. Do you have a party trick? No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually mean that. Uh, start again. Start again. <clears throat> uh. um, yeah, you all right? Hello, Cal. How are you, how are you doing? Are you cleaned your throat now? No, no <laughs> hang on. <laughs> Goodness oh, me. Dear, dear. Um, not, not that any of our listeners will be concerned, but it's not COVID. Um, <laughs> my dog's currently barking as well to make this a miserable oh, recording for us. But yes, I'm 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 breathing just a bit. Uh, how are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm okay. I've just had my uh, my, my my booster thing today as well. It's talking of the, the pandemic, and I'm sat here sweating. Um, oh really? So we're both a little yeah. bit unwell this evening. Though. A little bit, yeah. I don't know. I am. Um, I'm, I'm okay. On a very separate note, one of the wheels has broken on my chair now. Yeah. This really isn't a great recording. Should we, should we have a little... Go on, while, while this is a shit one, should we have a bit of a rundown of everything that's wrong? Um, There's a wheel off your chair, your dog's barking, you choked to death all in the space yeah. of a minute. I'm sat here sweating. Um, I'm currently looking at my phone. This will date the recording, but I'm seeing if uh, Gerard's uh, coming into Villa. Uh, I've run out of my drink next to me. I drank it all when I'm thirsty again. Cal's fixed his chest. It's fixed now. It's fixed. He's back. Um, yeah. be, I'm, I'm back in. Um, this is great oh, content. Is shall we? Shall we talk to us? Uh, talk to us. Bloody hell! Shall we talk, talk to, to our oh listeners? God. Shall we talk to our listeners? Nightmare. This is, but it's, it's definitely staying in. Uh, shall we talk to our okay. listeners about today's guest? Uh, if we can, <laughs> we'll try. Um, so this week, <laughs> what an intro! This week we're talking to uh, Worcester City. Defender, midfielder, striker, whatever you want to be, uh, yeah. Mr. Aaron Goalkeeper. Roberts. Um, he has played in goal before, actually, hasn't he? Um, yeah. yeah, we're speaking to Aaron Roberts. Um, great, great little chat with Aaron. Um, obviously, it was to so I get the uh, privilege of watching him every uh, every now and again. And uh, we had a good chat with him about his career, um, the the run that he went on with uh, with Bromsgrove, uh, how much he has a, a great relationship with current manager Tim Harris, um, and also his aspirations for the future for Worcester. Uh, Rob, what else can our listeners expect this week apart from me coughing, you very ill, and my wheel of my chair falling off? <laughs> well, uh, Aaron Roberts does actually call us the Chucker Brothers, so you he can did. Sort of see what you can see what fair <laughs> recording this is going to be. Um, yes, and continuing chaos. Uh, he, he likes to cause carnage up front. Um, yeah, we, we have a bit of a chat and analysis of the past Worcester uh, seasons and, and currently how this is going. Uh, it talks to all about about where where he wants to play, where he can play, mm-hmm. uh, where he started playing. Um, he's got no problem going anywhere. Uh, and being a, a bit of a hothead as well, I'm sure you, if you've ever seen him play, you wouldn't guess that for a second. No, not um, at all. But yeah, no, he's a very good one <clears> again, <throat> as we say. 
Right, so um, if you've skipped past the intro, we don't blame you because it's been an absolute yes. mess. So we'll get straight into the it. interview with uh, Worcester City, Mr. Versatile, Aaron Roberts. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to another Target Man segment. And we've gone back to non-league this week. We know how much our fans love a non-league special. And today we've got Worcester's number two, three, four, five, basically all the way up to 11, because he <laughs> plays everywhere these days. Uh, Aaron Roberts. Aaron, how are you doing, my friend? I'm great, thanks, lads. Uh, thanks for having me on. Oh, you're very, very no welcome. It's an honour for us to, to have you on. Um, well, what, I mean, very, very quickly before we jump into to the first segment, as everyone knows, the versatility, mate. Where's this all come from this season? From from striker to centre-back, midfield? What's going on this season, mate? Are you just not good enough in one position, do you reckon? <laughs> I'm a, a jack of all trades and a master of none, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I can do a bit of everything, but uh, I ain't that good in any of them, so I tend to get moved around a lot. Oh, I've never seen a centre-half finish like that before, so that's that's good for you, mate. It's good for you. Um, but we into all that. Me and Joe, never. We must always have these conversations, and I've done nothing but say if I played up front in this division, I would score goals, <laughs> and it just it just that chance to come then. So and it's I'll happened. It it's happened there again. <laughs> yeah, I never have to be out there again now. I've done that now. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. What what a transformation. It's been unbelievable to see. Um, but we'll get into all that a bit later on. We'll, we'll start off with our uh, first segment, which is starting 11. So for any new listeners today, uh, first of all, welcome. This is the part of the podcast whereby it's going to be 11 quickfire questions to Aaron, just completely random life questions. Um, and um, yeah, we'd just like to have a bit of fun and a bit of a laugh at the start of the episode. Rob, as always... Kick us off with starting 11. We do like to have a bit of a laugh, don't we? We do like to have a bit of a laugh. We do like to have a bit of a laugh. Also living. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, well, uh, what team do you support? Liverpool. Wow, I I thought he was an Albion fan from Twitter. I don't know why. No, I had a season to kick the Albion for about five years, but that was just because I wanted to watch some local games. But from uh, that childhood, picked by my father, I've always followed... uh, Liverpool, but I did go down the Albion for about five, six seasons. Okay, I'm I'm really sorry to hear that as a fellow Albion fan. <laughs> it was, was it the Pulis era by any chance? It was a bit of Tony Mowbray, Roman Bednar, Kevin. Oh Phillips, yeah, uh, those are the good old days. Those are the and good it was old actually days. yeah, it was actually quite enjoyable to be honest. And then a couple of Prem seasons rather spoiled it, but uh, I enjoyed it on the whole. Oh man, that's incredible! Strange that another another like you support another club and you've gone to another team, but I, I respect it. I really do. Um, Question two, favourite artist or band? The Eagles. The Eagles. Mm. Okay, good mm. good choice. I like that. Nice, nice. Uh, what is the first thing you'd buy if you won a lottery? Mm. Well, it was a it Ford be... Ranger, but I've changed it. I want one of them Lamborghini URSs. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. would, would you still be playing for Worcester oh. City if you won the lottery or not? Yeah, I'll donate my match free to Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> That's top, man. I love that. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> uh, question four. What's your favourite hobby that isn't football? Um, what's that? To be honest, I'm obsessed by the game. Um, <laughs> You're not the only one, mate. Well... Spending time with my family. It's a bit cliche, but it's it's all I do. I do football all that, to be honest. So yeah. 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 Class. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, very wholesome. Um, what is your biggest pet peeve? 
what, what pisses you off? When players refuse to take the blame themselves, when they've done something wrong in a game and they look around at everybody else. Uh, or, oh. and I hate excuse making as well. I always say to the lads, I want solutions, not problems. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, okay. I feel like I'm talking to my manager at the minute. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> I like that though. I like that. Like, don't bring anything yeah. negative. Try and try and come up with a a reason yeah. as to why it can be solved. I like that. That's what mentality to have without a doubt. Uh, question six, Rob. You've put some great questions in this week. Some great new questions. Good on you. Um, <laughs> question six. What is your favourite beer? Ooh, it's a good job the missus just gone out there. She'd shout all of them. Favourite <laughs> um, <laughs> beer. Mm. I'm going to say Cobra. Cobra, that's yeah, an interesting yeah, choice. Nice. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have expected that from, from Aaron Roberts. Yeah. No shorts. All it's, beer. It's very, it's very smooth, isn't it? A Cobra. Yeah, it's lovely. Very nice. Goes down while we're in Indian. Yeah, yeah, okay. Wow. And about five o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. Half <laughs> <laughs> <I'll> two sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you uh, Question seven. You are stranded on a desert island. What two items are you going to take with you? A football mm. and my iPhone. Okay. okay. Well, is that not going to run out of charge? I probably won't get no signal, so I'll, I'll take my son with me as well and he can go in goal. <laughs> oh, nice. More to use. That's I like that. Yeah, good, good. Uh, question eight. What is your favourite football stadium? Um... I'd say uh, Dortmund's ground. No, I'd say Hamburg's actually. I'd, I'd do a bit of a ground. Hamburg. I'd, do a ground here, mm. and I'd say uh, Hamburg's ground, to be honest. I like nice. that. I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of Hamburg Stadium. It's, um, is it, has it got about 40,000, has it, Hamburg? It's about 40,000, 50,000 yeah, that it holds. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's like a Champions League ground. Well, it, they are a massive club. It's just that they're in the Bundesliga too at the minute. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I remember yeah. when like um when the likes of Chalinolu were there, that's when he was like scoring outrageous free kicks every week. That's how I got a fan of yeah. him in, in Hamburg. Um question... when, uh, was it Van Nistelrooy was there, wasn't he? For a while. Was he? Yeah, yeah. Sure uh, he was. And uh him Huntelar. And Huntelar was um yeah. did, uh, is... they have. Do you remember Zero Bar? Hamburg as well. Yeah, yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, nice. Question nine: Do you have a party trick? No. <laughs> <laughs> I like the honesty. I like no, the honesty. I can't, I can't even. I can't even make one of the answers. Just no. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would your name be if you were a wrestler? You've got me there. <laughs> it's, it's a good one. Probably the raving idiot, something like that. The raving idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't strike much fear into me, I must admit. At least the name's honest. You just show your oh, face dear. and go. Shit. <laughs> um, and then the, the last question that we've got, is um, uh, the, the, the controversial question is it is every week, and, and I'm sure you've got an opinion on it, Aaron, is um, what colour cap of milk do you use? Blue. Blue. 
Now that is interesting. What do you think about that, Rob? Blue, blue milk. It's the first cream. blue, isn't it? It's the first blue we've had. Yeah, I think yeah, it is. It's, yeah. I mean, it's a bit heavy for my liking. I must admit, mate. <laughs> it's a heavy milk. <laughs> well, the, the, uh, the wife rules the shopping in there, so we have actually been demoted to green. But if I had my way, we'd be a blue family. Oh, well, you see, I Ooh. think green is the middle ground. Green is the, the acceptable middle ground. I'm a yellow top fan. Research it. I've told our listeners too much about yellow tops. Um, but blue is cream and red is water. That's that's the that's the end, be all and end all of it. I think your wife might be right on this one, mate. She usually is. <laughs> it's a safe answer. It's a safe answer. <laughs> Hey, uh, Carl, Carl, sorry, Hello. can I just interrupt here? You can. How, how am I? How have I asked question one, but not question eleven? I don't know. I thought that as well. How's, how's that happened? But we've evidently missed something, but what who cares? I'm, we've made it. I'm, I'm trying to work it out. We, I feel answered, like we've asked, we've asked all the questions. Yeah. But for some reason, I should be asking all the odd ones. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know. How's that uh, happened? Or maybe we've asked two questions. Someone's asked two questions back to back, maybe. I don't know. Okay, maybe. Oh, it right. doesn't if, matter. If you're listening, if you're listening, tell us, because I, I don't know. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Anyway, there we go. Um, anyway, Brilliant. moving on to the second part of the podcast. And this is going to be a little yeah. bit different this week. Um, so I'll explain it to the listeners and, of course, to you, Aaron, as well. So, Aaron, I'm going to ask you to choose a colour. Um, and then depending on the colour that you choose will depend on the category of questions that you will answer. Um, the categories are world stage, general knowledge, football throwback, and Premier League. Um, you will answer your five questions first, then Rob will answer his five questions. Quite simply, the one who answers the most questions correctly is the winner. If it's a tie break, I'll ask a random question. The first one to give the right answer uh, wins the quiz. Um, a bit of a twist there this week. Because of the, um, the, the selection of our previous guests in choosing this lack of colour... I'm basically giving you one colour this week, Aaron. So I'd like you to choose between a colour of yellow and that's it. So what colour would you like to choose, Aaron? It's going to have to be yellow, I think. Thank you very much. There we go. <laughs> Love to hear it. Love to hear it. No one chooses yellow. And if I offered you blue, you would choose blue for Worcester. And the route I was going to go down is think me away, Kip. Um, so we'll go with Premier League. No one chooses it, so here we go. Uh, Rob? You, you, how are you feeling ahead of this one? You'll, you'll give me some sort of ropey question anyway, so it doesn't matter. To I always get something weird. You do get something a bit strange. Yeah. Um, right, uh, Aaron, <laughs> we'll, we'll kick off with you then, mate. So first question. As of February 2020, which player had the most Premier League appearances of all time? Gareth Barry. Correct. One out of one. Off to a flyer. Uh, question two which team holds the record for the fewest points scored in a Premier League season uh, Derby correct yeah 11 points in the 7-8 season these are some easy questions so far Rob I can see you panicking um, question three <laughs> Manchester United have won the Premier League uh, sorry I'll rephrase that Manchester United have won Premier League titles three seasons in a row on two occasions in which seasons were they um, 98-99 yeah uh, 2001 yeah so, so what you need to name here is basically six seasons so the three back-to-back -back seasons in which oh, they yeah, won yeah. the title so it'd be 
2000. Yeah, so those are all correct. Yeah, so from 98 to 2001 is correct. And what's the and other three years? 2002-2003-2004? Incorrect. You got the first ones right. It was six to nine. It was when they won three back-to-back. It was, I think it was Chelsea 2004, I think, under Abramovich. Yeah, uh, yeah when Mourinho yeah. came in. Yeah, when Mourinho came in. So, incorrect on that one, unfortunately. Um, question... What question are we on, Rob? I've completely lost it. We're on three, three. now? Next yeah, question three. The uh, next one's four. So, question four, then. Yeah, Thanks, I think so. Um, as a, is it? We're having an What's going on here? Tonight. We're having a shot. We had Derby. Jeez. We had Man United. We had... <laughs> we had Gareth Parry, yeah. Question four. We've done this before, Aaron, I promise you. Um, question four. Rob's putting himself together. (laughs) Question four. This is a bit of a tougher one. As of January 2020, who is Bournemouth's, or who was Bournemouth's, club captain? Um, Oh, uh, Simon Francis. That's correct. That's a great answer. You pulled that out of somewhere, mate. Three out of of four, uh, which is a great score. And Mm. uh, question five. How many of the teams competing in the 2018-19 Premier League season were based in Greater London? Uh, you can give me a number. You don't have to name me the teams. You can give me a number. Uh, four? Five, unfortunately. Arsenal, Chelsea, Palace, Tottenham and West Ham. Three out of five, mate. That's a respectable score on this podcast. Not many people get higher than that. Rob included. Yeah. Uh, Rob, three out of five to go? You, well, three out of five yeah. to beat, rather. Are you, are you ready to go with yours? Yeah, go on then. Get it over with. Question one. In one of the lowest attendances ever recorded for Premier League, of course, which stadium saw just 3,039 fans attend a Premier League match in 1993? So basically, name the stadium of the lowest attendance in the Premier League. Uh, yeah, 93. Who would have been in it? Gonna have to push you. Was it, was it somewhere? Was it like Hillsborough or something? Is that your final answer? Yeah, go on. Incorrect. Selhurst Park. I wouldn't have thought Palace because they've been in the low division. Yeah. Well, they? yeah. Um, question two, Rob. Um, in the 15-16 Premier League season when Chelsea finished 10th, who was their manager at the end of the season? Was it De Matteo? Incorrect. If you heard a drop bar, though, that was me drinking my drink a little <laughs> bit too excessively. Um, incorrect. It was actually Gus Hiddink. Oh, dear. Right, OK. Um, not a great season for them. Zero out of two. Not a great no. start for you. Question yeah, three. Yeah. Which is the only club that has featured in the Premier League but no longer exists? Huh? What? Is... So, which is the only club that has featured oh, in the Premier League um, but the club no longer exists? Isn't it? Uh, it's Wimbledon, isn't it? Correct. There yeah. we go. Uh, question four, I believe it is. I really need to start counting. Uh, question four. <laughs> Manchester United signed Chinese Super League striker 
or which Chinese Super League striker on loan in the 1920 January transfer window? Uh, Odeon Egala. Correct. Two out of four. At least okay. I think it is. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last question, we're so unprofessional, bloody hell. We get hundreds of listeners every week and we do this. Uh, question five. The Dell was which South Coast's home stadium until 2001? Southampton. Correct, which means, ladies and gentlemen, oh, we have God. a tie break. Ooh. It's been a while since we've had a tie break, but I do enjoy them, I must admit. Right. I'm trying to think of a, a, a bit of a, a tougher question because I've just been asked which was so Alex Ferguson's last game and we're not doing that one. Right. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. The first one to say the answer is the winner of the quiz. N'Golo Kante is one of two players to win consecutive Premier League titles with two different clubs. Who is the other player? Real Mahrez. Not Mahrez. Rob, what did you say? Is it Mark Schwarzer? It bloody well is Mark Schwarzer. Well done. <laughs> That's a good answer, that. That's, um, worthy. That's was... worthy of winning the quiz. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I heard that. And I thought, why is it Schwarzer? Because yeah, was Mahrez it... was a good shout, yeah, though, was... thinking about it. He was, he was with Chelsea <laughs> and Leicester, wasn't it? Yeah, he went. Yeah. He was at Chelsea that fourteen it, yeah. fifteen, and then went to Leicester fifteen sixteen. Good answer. That is good question as well. It's a pretty yeah, yeah. good one. That is. Well, I wish I could take the credit, but unfortunately, it's this little game box from uh, We Play of Classic Games. And there we go. Um, mm, so thank you very much to them for the for the quiz. Um, anyway, <laughs> moving moving quickly on. Um, let's get into the questions that we've got for our. Guest today, uh, Aaron. So, do you want to explain a little bit about yourself before we get into the questions? Yeah, um, my name's obviously Aaron Roberts. Probably know me from around local non-league football. I've uh, been on the circuit now since I was about sixteen, just coming up to thirty, as my missus keeps uh, reminding <laughs> me. So, I'm probably looking more at a managerial <laughs> career now than a playing one. But we can we try that. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, I um, attend a lot of the Worcester games, so watch Aaron every week. Who knows where he's going to play? You normally have to look at the kit number and then you get a, a rough idea from there. So, so it's very much a guest game before you get to the game. Um, but we'll, we'll start with uh, with our first question, Aaron, so we'll come right back to, to the beginning. So can you um, remember a moment um, or a particular season of your life whereby you fell in love with football? And just tell us a little bit about how you got into it at a younger age. Yeah, um, originally I didn't take much interest in it, to be honest. Um, my family, my father, my uncles, my older brother, they've always been into it, but I was lived with just my mother, so it's a different... It wasn't put on me by my father straight away, and my, uh, my stepdad, who I get on really well with, he was not a football person as such, so um, mm. he wasn't really in and around our house that much. And then uh, I went to primary school, and I think it was about eight or nine, and I started getting involved in the school playground stuff. And then it just went from there, really. And I remember getting back home one day and my mum was like, everything all right, like, and back when I was playing as a kid, you used to be able to open the newspaper and there'd be a load of teams looking for players and stuff like that. And uh, she just ran around and I started with a club called Crusaders who uh, run from um, Selly Oak in Birmingham. Yeah. And then I've never looked back, to be honest. I've been playing ever since. Oh, Brilliant. Um, and and sort of thinking back to your your, your childhood a little bit here. So, um, how old are you now, Aaron? I'm 29 at the minute. 
29. So, um, so you're a fairly similar age to us, just a little bit older. So, who were your um, footballing idols when you were when you were younger and, and beginning to start falling in love with the game? Uh, I absolutely love Steven Gerrard. To be fair, I, uh, I still do. Um, I'm just seeing today that he might be, uh, be going to Villa as manager, and I've uh, followed mm-hmm. Rangers a lot more since he went there as manager because it's always a player yeah. that I've looked up to, and the way he looked at the game, all the scruff of the neck and Roy the Rover stuff is kind of what I try and do, obviously, at uh, far less of a level. But that style of football is just something mm. that's uh, inspired myself, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, very good. Wow. Um, and all the players. To be honest, my mates always say, you know everything about football, but I clearly don't because I lost the quiz. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I like strange players, to be honest. It players who the lads think, what do you think of him? And um <laughs> I like Pavel Nedved. I liked at Juventus. Yeah, yeah good player. Yeah. Good, good player. Um, strikers around that time, the Del Pieros, Christian Vieri. I like, I like European football. And, um, I was going to say, I'm getting that vibe that you do mm. like a bit of European football. Yeah, I, I think the support-wise, it's better than England. That's why I like following because I like the atmosphere that the European ground, especially the Germans. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Italian football as well. It's gone down a little bit the last few years, but the big clubs, the Inter Milan, when the Champions League was proper and and every game was a big special night on ITV and that. I used to really enjoy that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Do you, do, you, do you think they've got a bit of an increased atmosphere because they allow drinking in the stadiums, particularly like in, in Germany? That's the only reason I follow them, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> now, um, yeah, yeah it, it makes a massive difference, I think. Uh, in England, there's the uh, English supports always get stick if it goes abroad for causing trouble and doing this, mm. that, the other, but... I think if they followed 99.9% of all our games, there ain't no trouble, but the games we mellowed down that much off the pitch now, it's hard to get the atmosphere. It's nice because you can see more children and families, but when I've been away myself with the European games, I still see children and families and I've never seen a spot of trouble myself. But, you know, yourself, if anything does happen, it's always highlighted and made out to be a lot worse than it is. But Do you think that's why? Because I think there's a lot of, you know, the Premier League in particular is very feels very corporate now and very high-end. Do you think that's why a lot of people, I mean, I myself is an example of this, whereby, like, obviously I'm a, I'm a West Brom fan, I still like high-tier football, of course, and nothing will change that, but do you think that's why a lot of people have maybe fell in love with the non-league side of it again? Because it's obviously a lot more relaxed, it's a lot more, what you'd say, you know, there's an opportunity to have a good time, have a few drinks, you know, sitting watching the game with your mates, that type of thing. Do you, do you think that's why a lot more people have sort of returned to, to non-league, for instance? Yeah, I think it's massively important that people do go to non-league games because I was saying to my, um, my partner the other day, she came to the game uh, the weekend and she was saying it was really good. She enjoyed it. We had a big crowd weekend. And I said, like, people don't realise that fans have got just as much right to support a Worcester City or a Bromsgrove or a mm. Health Church as they have Manchester United. Mm, and to some people, yeah. that means just as much. So, yeah, um, absolutely. even though it's non-league and sometimes people look down on it, I think if they'd done a survey of a poll on an end of 90 minutes for a Manchester United and then a Worcester City or any other decent non-league club, the fans have had a lot more of a fun day watching what they mm. watch on a... The, the football's obviously a different standard, but the game's gone that corporate and the on-pitch is that tactical. A lot of the games can be a bit boring, Premier League mm. level. Yeah. That's very true, yeah. That's a very valid point you raised there about the, the tactical side of it because... You know, non-league probably unfairly gets a lot of stick for just being our long ball, like doesn't sound the deck. But actually, I think a lot of the stuff that I've seen for Worcester, particularly this season, maybe not so much in recent seasons, but the ball has been 
played on the deck and it's been quite entertaining to watch and see. And I think without the, you know, in the higher clubs, obviously everything's on tactics and this and that and whatever. In non-league, it's literally go and have football, go and play, have some fun with it. And I think that's what the supporters enjoy about it. Mm. Yeah, look, not not everything always goes right, but we wouldn't be at the level it does if it doesn't. If we if it did, sorry, but then again, you watch Premier League and there's people falling on the floor and mistakes. Mm. Gerard was mentioned earlier, slipping against mm. Chelsea. It's sport at the end of the day. It doesn't matter what level. There's always going to be good and bad. But like I say, I think everyone's got the right to enjoy non-league just as much as Premier League. And I, I do think, me personally, I love my football, but the Premier League has kind of waned off a little bit for me. It's just not quite what it was. Yeah, I would agree with yeah. that. Absolutely. And I think the I think the Premier League as well misses the characters. You know, back in the like Cantona and 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 people like that. I think you miss that because. Everyone now has a sponsorship or whatever. Everyone's got to be a role model. I'm not saying go out and kick fans and everything, but you know, someone to have a bit of personality, maybe, and, and say how it say it, how yeah. it is. You know, what I mean that kind of thing. It is a shame, to be honest, and I think it's quite refreshing when you see the likes of Roy Keane on the punditry. We all mm. want to see him on there mm. because he's saying what we all think, but yeah. there's other people who will just tick the boxes and go, yes, yes, this is what, the, and it's the same commentary about on every single game, whereas. Yeah. He's not afraid to say what he feels, and you're right. He does miss characters like that. The uh, football's just not quite what it was anymore at Premier League level. Mm. Yeah, mm. Well, that's that's true. Um, okay, so going back to uh, Aaron, um, if you just want to tell us a little bit about your career, then up to date, uh, what clubs you played for, and, and how it's gone. Yeah, um, my first venture into a good standard of non-league football, I, w- I went on trial from my youth team, which was Halzone Town, to Bromsgrove Rovers. And I was there then from 15 to 18 in their floodlit youth team. Then after that, they was in a bit of a rocky period with financially and there was a close mm. to fold and there was on the brink. And as they was about to fold, players was leaving because they weren't getting paid on time. Bills weren't getting paid. It was really like mm. the last season, I was only, I think I was 16, 17 when I started getting involved with the first team. And basically, I don't even think we were picked on ability at the time. It was just a, to have a body in the squad because there was losing players left, right and centre. So I'd done a couple of uh, trips with them. And then I remember sitting on the bench one day and we were playing Chesham, I think, who were in Southern League, maybe. Uh, I think it was classed as step three, about two above Worcester, three above Worcester. And um, the left-back was having a bit of a mare and the manager went, he just looked at the bench and went, has anyone here ever played left-back? And I went like that. <laughs> I hadn't even, I hadn't, to be, fair, to be honest, I hadn't played left back in a long. And uh, there was a couple of young lads on the bedroom and they went, you ain't played left back. <laughs> and, I went, and then he went, get warmed up. And next thing you know, I was on and I played about 20 minutes and I remember it just being like big blokes knocking me from pillar to post and I didn't do too badly. Mm. And then after that, I was involved with the first team for the next few games. And I think the season was just coming to an end. And then um, the club was liquidated. Uh, and after that, I was a bit of a loss, really. And my coach from my youth team, um, for the Bromsgrove Rovers youth team, said he was friends with uh, ex-Albion player Bernard McAnally. And yeah. he said um, he's running Hensford at the minute. He said uh, they're doing a bit of a trial in the summer. Would you like to go there? And uh, to be honest, I didn't know anything about clubs, really. I don't knew Bromsgrove. I didn't know Alfchurch, Worcester. I, just, I was just a young naive, to be honest. And uh, when I got to the trial, which was at RAF Cosford, um, 
there was like 50 players there and I was thinking like, what, what, what's this kind of thing? And uh, there was me and my mate from the youth team and I trained and I got um, picked out and then I went, they whittled the training down to 22. And then uh, I got signed for them that season. Um, they had a great side at the time. I think five or six of them have gone on to play professionally. I know um, Cheyenne Dunkley's at uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. centre off, yeah. Yeah, good player. Tyrone Barnett was at Port Vale. I think he played for uh, Shrewsbury. Um, Chris Clements was at Cheltenham, Mansfield. Mm. Elliot Durrell, I think he's at Wrexham at the minute, but he was on the wing, very good player. Um, so at that time, I was never really going to break into the side, but because I was only, I think I was 18 at the time, and I was used to playing all the time, I was itching at playing. I kept talking to the manager, when he, and he brought me on a couple of games. And I remember he brought me on against... Um, Stafford, I think, and it's a bit of a derby. And mm. uh, the game got called off because of um, fighting in the crowd and stuff like that. And uh, <laughs> after that then, um, Bromsgrove reformed under the now Bromsgrove Sporting. And just through the links of me being there before, they asked if they could take me on loan because I hadn't had played no football. I dropped back down, I think it was about five or six levels. And I started from the bottom, really. I started two leagues below the one that Worcester were in and then managed to get to two above Worcester are in now. I think we've done four divisions or I think I think I had six promotions all in all with the um, with the same side. Um, okay. and I was there on and off for ten years and then I had spell in between that I've had three spells at Alf Church and have I played for anyone else? No, that, that's it. I've come I went on loan to Worcester a couple of seasons ago and I just done a couple of games. Mm. Yeah, so um what positions have you played in throughout your career, and and where do you would you say you play currently? He doesn't know. Um, <laughs> Everywhere. Me, 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 and the gaffer flip a coin before kickoff, and whatever <laughs> he chooses. Um, so to be honest, my whole youth football, I, I did, I did play anywhere. To be honest, I've always been good at filling gaps. Um, I think that comes a lot from the playground football. Really, you're just chasing the ball, so you don't really know where you play. But um, <laughs> My youth football was all spent up front. So I played up front before uh, when the gaffer asked me last week. He did ask me prior to that one. He said, have you ever played up front before? He was just looking for a bit of a physical presence. And I said to him, I could probably do a bit more than that if you want. And he was like, <laughs> just, do, just do as you're told, please. And uh, <laughs> the rest is history. But um, my favourite position, I would say, is in the middle of midfield. Um, mm. that probably again goes back to Stephen Gerrard really I just like to be involved in the game all the time I don't like to watch the game yeah. me by. and I think in some positions you can be a bit stagnant um, but my majority of my football I would say has been played at right back which I don't really play at all for Worcester now um, yeah I was all my career at Bromsgrove was um, right back mm. I, I had just <clears throat> under 250 appearances and I I had played in midfield on a few occasions, but I did, again, at Bromsgrove, I even ended up playing in goal. So um, there isn't anywhere that I haven't actually played in a competitive match. The only position I can't see is out wide for some reason. I'm not very quick, that's for sure. <laughs> in all, in all seriousness, though, you, you mentioned your positions there. Like For, for my time watching you, I've, I've, your main position for me is probably being in the middle of the park. Um you know, typically with with someone holding, but then I've seen you at right back when, for instance, when when Luke English wasn't playing. Um, obviously we've seen you up front the other week when you when you got a couple. Um, and then obviously this season you've you've more set, stepped into the back of, uh, into the back line. Obviously with Jonah's injury and, and and a few other issues there. But um, 
what I would probably ask you now is, obviously you've answered the question about you being versatile, but do, do you have a conversation with the manager and about sort of, you know, because someone as yourself who is so versatile, if there's gaps within the team, it, obviously your relationship with the manager is probably going to be quite good. So will he approach you and say, look, so-and-so, like for instance, Dan's out at the minute, um, who's, who's Worcester striker. Um, you know, would, would he have had a conversation with you, like you just said before, about, you know, filling the gaps if there's a little bit of an issue? Um, yeah, uh, to be honest, uh, even though it's only been a short period, me and Tim have got a really, really good, strong relationship. And I'd say so they're the best I've ever had with my manager, to be honest. Um, wow. In my, in my in my early football, I was probably thought of as difficult to manage because, as you see, I'm, the way I play can be the way I train, and it can be a bit bit much for some people. But um, me and Tim have really really struck it off. To be honest, and I, I've got a lot of time for Tim, and um, from what I can gather, he's got a lot of time for me, and we have a lot of conversation throughout the week between him, myself, Jonah, Fowles, the coach, mm-hmm. and he kind of keeps me in the loop on on, on things. Um, I think he sees me as a senior player. Obviously, I'm captain in the side while Jonah's not available. And uh, he, do, he does, if, he, if he's got an idea, he, he'll, he'll run it by me before before it takes place. And um, I think he trusts me. So he, he doesn't ask as if to say, oh, I don't know whether you can. It's, I'm just going to put, he just tells me, you, you, you're playing in midfield today, you're playing at the back. And yeah. we've got a relationship where I'll just do as, as Tim asks, to be honest. It's not really a conversation. The only one we've had at a, more of a conversation was was um, the striking role, but before that he, he gave a good team talk because obviously the lads was finding it quite amusing. Um, mm. Just said like they said we're not here for a laugh and a joke. Robbo's going up there because we've got injuries and sicknesses and he's going to cause havoc up there. He says I don't know what, what <laughs> we're going to get from him, but I know for a fact he'll cause carnage and that's what we need. And yeah. uh, I gave away about seven fouls in five minutes, so he was right about that. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, um, he's, he, he's, he's bang on to him, really, really honest bloke down the line. And uh, it's working well at the minute. So, yeah, I'm, I'll just play wherever he asks. Mm. Very good. Oh, I love that. Causing, causing carnage. Yeah, <laughs> it's, you want to have a striker because it's not that common these days to have a striker who proper backs into a defender and, you know, maybe yeah. get their elbows into them a little bit. It doesn't happen these days as often. Before, well, before the game, I said to um, Fowles, the assistant, and it, uh, I think Tim said it in his interview, it was actually Fowles' idea. Tim was like, we're, we're struggling. He said, we'll just put Rubber up there. And um, Tim obviously went with it because he trusts his assistant. And before the game, I said to Fowles, I've played up there before, so I can hold the ball up really well. And he mm. went, you're not just up there to hold the ball up. You're there to score goals as well. So I, I don't want to hear that kind of talk. And I thought, all right then. And then obviously... <laughs> It was just one of them days where everything fell right for me. But I think overall, if, even if he took two goals away, I think I was effective in a way yeah. in the game. Yeah, absolutely. I was, I was happy with that. I was a bit gutted to go on holding the next week because I'd have probably had the nine shirt again. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only thing that annoys me about football at this level is, obviously, it's it's just the same kits, isn't it? I wish everyone just stuck to a number the same season so I could see you with like a five up top. Yeah. It'd be unbelievable. This, this, not, this year, I've been two, nine, four and five. <laughs> I mean that sums it up doesn't it it's ridiculous yeah, yeah brilliant before um, the game the gaffers did say he said I was thinking about giving you the same number but I didn't want you to look stupid up front that's why he came <laughs> <in> the night <laughs> <laughs> um, so of the, the clubs you have played for um, where have you enjoyed your time the most and, and is there any you sort of 
you felt you you know you could maybe have got a bit more from them or you didn't enjoy it so much um would you say um, i think if i would i would if i was a younger self and i was talking to myself i'd have give myself more time at hensford mm. um if i was talking to a young player in my position now and they was at a good club at that time with them players i could have probably learned more rather than itching at the bit to play uh but being realistic I've just haven't got that personality where I can sit and watch football matches to be honest so mm. I think the, I think whatever you do in life your path takes the career that, that your career path takes the direction that it does for a reason and I took yeah. a few steps back to go back forward and, and it then uh, as you just asked then what's my favourite time I think Bromsgrove was just phenomenal for for everyone concerned for them four or five years and um, they're at a good level now and to have been part of that and uh, on second most appearances for the club now, uh, just beyond mm. one of my very good friends, Jack, to have had 240-yard games, winning leagues, cups, within inches of Wembley. I think that was uh, that was by far the best part of my career I've had so far. Mm. Yeah, I was going to ask you to, to, to sort of describe your time at Bromsgrove and um, if, you, you know, if, if there's anything else you wanted to say yeah. about your time there, yeah. To be honest, I absolutely loved it. Um, bit, bit similar to Worcester, to be honest, but Worcester are a lot bigger club. And uh, signing for Worcester, the reason being was to do that again, because I don't mm. think there's many clubs who can do what Bromsgrove done. And uh, people say it was finances, and it wasn't. But all the lads probably lived within five miles of each other. We've all been friends from young. We've all yeah. known each other before we went to Bromsgrove. It just a uh, we just clicked and it gelled at the time. We had a really strong dressing room. Mm-hmm. Jonah was part of it, uh, captain at the time. Uh, and it is friends for life we made in that dressing room. And I'm hoping and uh, it's looking likely that it's going to be the same again with uh, Worcester. It, it, it might not be this season, it might not be next, but I think with Tim in charge, Steve, um, the chairman, doing as much of the club and obviously all the volunteers, I, I don't know them by name, but the people are all coming together. Now being back in Worcester, it's on the right path. Could you, could you ever see yourself going back to Bromsgrove in in any capacity? Do you think? I think if you'd have asked me a few months ago, I would have probably thought yes. Mm. But um, looking at the club right now, as much as I love the club, it seems a very cha- different place. They're obviously mm. having a change of manager. The fans seem to be dropping off. Um, yeah, and I, I think. I've, I've seen things where people go back to places where they think it's all going to be the same. Sometimes it's best to left some a good story and left at that, to be honest, because you can go back and undo everything that you've done. It was good. Yeah. And I, don't, I don't think it's the same Bromsgrove that I played for as much as I love the club. Mm. In some capacity, potentially, but on a playing side, I'm doubtful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Like you, um, like you said, it's might be not the same because um, I mean that that side when I used to go back and, and watch them and everything and you know you had Brennan and Jonah at the back and and all the rest of them um, Jason Cowley up front and, and everything that was a crazy team but yeah, yeah I mean we spoke to Jonah about it before he said it was the end of his time there it was a little bit different and, and that's one of the reasons why he thought about leaving as well yeah I, I think I think what happened really in football it changes quickly you can be the best best at someone's club for 20 years. And then mm. as soon as you have a couple of bad games or a new manager comes in, 
you can just be treated like another player. And um, when me and Brona, when me and Jonah left the club, not the club on a whole, but the management didn't treat us with the respect that of what we'd given. That's yeah. what. So, um, but I'm a big believer in karma, and and obviously the manager's lost his job now, and for me that was rightly so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and moving on to your time at Worcester now. And so remind me what year you, you joined Worcester. Um, permanently was last season under uh, Ash. Yeah. And I got to know Ash. I come on loan for two games when um, Bromsgrove got promoted to step three. And um, I had a bit of a lover's tiff with the manager. And uh, I had my mind made up that I wanted to leave. Yeah. And to be honest, I, I rushed the decision, but I left with the intention of leaving and I, I come and play two games for Worcester, but my head and heart wasn't actually in the project then, to be honest, I, I left and I was a bit raw from <coughs> Bromsgrove and, I, and I was still wanting to be part of that, but I wanted to play football and um, mm. me and the manager managed to patch things up and I went back there straight away and I was part of the uh, playoffs final and the running towards getting to the playoff. Um, yeah. And we got promoted for the third time on the bounce, I think it was. And um, that was a, a day that obviously I always remember, but, uh, I knew then at the end that, that had to be the end then so at the end of that season Jonah was like come to come to Worcester come to Worcester and um, I was a bit I was a bit negative towards the level because because mm. I'd already won it two seasons before I felt like well I'm 27 You've done 28 that now. now yeah yeah. He, he's that he's that taking two steps back and the Worcester that I knew under Ash and Snapper with no disrespect to either blokes, so I get on really well. Both weren't going anywhere in a in a quick hurry. The the side just wasn't capable. I, I knew the Bromsgrove side that won that league mm. would probably take that Worcester side to bits at the time, and I, I just knew that they'd be a bit miles off it. Uh, <coughs> I, I had a chat with Ash, and he, he said, "You you've won this league. What do you think we need?" And I said, "You need about eleven players." <laughs> <laughs> and he went, he, "He went. I'd like to argue with you, but I can't." So. Me and Ash kind of got off on a good foot. And then I went to Evesham and the season got um, cancelled due to COVID. We were just outside the playoffs. Yeah. And then the next, uh, that manager then got sacked in that meantime, uh, political business, uh, Carl Abbott, who's at Gresley now. And Jonah was under me because me and Jonah are good friends. He was just sending in the text, check, sending out the bat signal as such, checking on me. To, and then he just said, just have a chat with Ash and we'll go from there. And to be honest, last season I showed me a great project and I really did believe it was going somewhere. And the squad assembled in the pre-season, it looked like it was only going one way for me. And um, Unfortunately for Ash and the players, the season got cut short, but we wasn't quite firing. And then again, I was left thinking, I've only got a few years left at, at my peak as such. Do I want to go and try <clears throat> go back higher? And then I can always come back to Worcester. But uh, Tim's come in and changed that mindset on me, to be honest, because now we're... I've had two moves offered in step three, two leagues above this season. And I was close to the one, which was Hensford Town. And mm. I decided not to go in the end. And I think that relationship with Tim's kept me here. And now it's, it's proving to be the right decision because I'm enjoying my football every week. We're winning matches. Crowds are coming back. And I've, uh, I think I've made the right choice. Well, so I, I, from a biased perspective, I would certainly say you have. Um, <laughs> you, you know, I always, you know, when when I think of a typical Worcester team, it does feel like you've been there for a very long time because since you've been there, you, you have essentially played regardless of what management it has been. Um, 
mean, obviously your versatility helps with that, but you've always been in the team. So from, you know, I haven't supported Worcester for a long time, but from, from my time supporting them, I've always pretty much known you to be in the team. Um, so, so talking a bit about Worcester a little bit and, and a little bit from, from last season, um, which is probably like halfway through when I was sort of really sort of, sort of seriously getting into enjoying the football. The squad that I felt that we had, in, you know, in terms of like Dimmy and Brainy up top, I thought that was that was dangerous. I thought it was a good joy. The likes of Locker, who had obviously, you know, was really, really good for Worcester as well. Um, you know, you've sort of signed the likes of like Tom Turton in the middle. Assumed some like really, really good players at that level who I thought would take Worcester to the next level. And we asked Jonah the same question. And I'm going to ask it you as well. Why do you think that, that team of of what was ultimately a lot of good individuals, um, why, why do you think it just didn't click? Why didn't we? I know COVID cancelled the season and things like that, but when we did play, it wasn't wasn't as good as maybe it should have been? Um, I think it was a difficult one, to be honest. I think on paper, Ash couldn't have got his recruitment any better. I don't mm. think he'd done anything wrong. If, if, if he'd have offered people who knew the non-league football circuit, any of those players you just mentioned, everyone in our division would snap off and then start at every other team. Yeah. And then when, when that group comes together, uh, the training side of things in the pre-season, we had a good... Report the lads was getting really, on really good. Yeah, there was no there was no problems, and that like I said to you earlier, I thought we're going to win the league, yeah. and I, I had no reason to believe that we wouldn't even be smashing the league. That's no disrespect to any other sides, but Worcester's the biggest club in this league, and probably the one above, and probably the one above that when it gets up and running. So potential mm. there, I suppose, massive, and um, I think Ash felt like some players was letting him down, but because of how loyal he was, he stuck by people when he, he probably shouldn't have. And yeah. um, I think he started to take his toll on him in the end and he he, he was getting a bit fed up. And um, Marley, who was his sister, who absolutely fantastic, motivational guy, really, really good coach and uh, person, he started stepping forward a little bit more. And I think if his friendship with Ash wasn't so good, he probably would have took the job. But yeah. they came as a pair, so they went together. And ultimately, I just think, I think when Dimi went and and Brandy went for him, we really lacked pace and something up front. We had the ball a lot in the games, but it was the final third. And sometimes yeah. I felt like the philosophy was we was passing for passing sake, and we we could probably have sixty percent. I think we lost one nil to Tiverdown. We probably had seventy or eighty percent of the ball. Yeah, start of the season, I remember eight. going to that game. It was with Joe made the error, wasn't it? Ironically. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think I think at step five, um, the ball, for the, the game is getting the ball in both boxes for me. Mm. Uh, and I just don't think we was doing that enough at the time. We had the players, but it, it was there weren't real pace in the team. I thought we was a bit steady. Like when we had the midfield three of me, Turton, and Winwood, we're all effective players, but you probably only play one of us at a time. Yeah. When it was that that, that midfield was very still and slow that's no disrespect to the lads or, or, or myself but mm. when I play in there I'm, I'm trying to break things up win things but then you need legs around you which is what we're doing this season yeah so I was going to say moving on to, to this season so what's changed because again you know Tim's obviously got a very good CV um, you know towards the start of the season results we're thinking oh is it going to be one of those seasons again but we seem to have hit a little bit of a purple patch which obviously we hope you know extends it to, to good form What's changed this season? Because we saw a lot of lads come in. I personally think the recruitment has been brilliant. Again, obviously, the main concern for me, I think, this summer was losing Jezef because I think he's a top-notch keeper, as I'm sure you'll say. 
Um, yeah. You know, and obviously Brendan coming in, it hasn't obviously quite worked out for him, but, you know, um, Adam's come in, who I know, I live in Tividale, so I've, I've watched Adam before, and he's a, he's a top-notch guy um, in goal. So, so people getting that um, that type of quality into the club. Um, I look at um, Billy Shaw. He, he's an unbelievable signing. Like, he, he, is it Very Billy? Flat. Is it he's yeah, Billy, Shaw, yeah. isn't he? Um, yeah. he's, he's just top-notch, like he's just got flair all over the pitch, hasn't he? And obviously, most recently, Bailey, who's, who's been absolutely tearing it up. So, again, the recruitment has been good, but but what's changed? Because results on the field are now more reflective of the, the recruitment that's coming to the club. I think, um, first and foremost, um, Tim's just straight, honest, down the line with the lads. And if you're not doing it, it doesn't matter who you are, what, you, what you've done previously, he'll tell you. In a, in, a, in a good manner and I think the first of all when he first came in I was a bit sceptical of the amount of younger players and uh, reserve lads who was coming in but yeah. I, I'll admit where I was wrong I, I wasn't giving them a chance without seeing them play I was just thinking we need we need more than this but mm. um, like I said Tim, Tim uses me and Craig a lot uh, Jonah a lot because uh, we know we know local non-league and obviously all these connections are higher up but with Tim, he's willing to do the homework. There's a lot that he does behind the scenes to get these players. He's got people out watching all the local games who we're playing next. Yeah, he, he goes out himself every every uh, midweek game, and we're not playing. If there's a local game, he'll be there, and mm. um, he does put in a lot of homework. Non-league management is actually a full-time job because you can't really switch off. You've got 22 players to keep happy, then you've got to improve your squad, then you've got mm. 700 people a week to keep happy. So. Um, the training, the dynamic in training's changed. Um, we brought in Andy Bevan, who's a, another great guy, nice coach. Um, I think he went on to New End Town now, but he just weren't working. And Mike Fowles come in and done a couple of sessions for us pre-season, and the tempo was a bit sharper than what we were doing. And I think Tim noticed that. But that's what I like about Tim; he's not willing to make the tough decisions. Sometimes uh, in football, I've been places and people have strung people along, and it's gone too far. And next thing you know, you're three down, three years down the line with the same problem that could have been nipped in the bud just for the sake of a gentleman's conversation. But um, Tim has obviously done that. And then he's added Bailey, I think uh, Dougie, um, another quality player, uh, Cal yeah. Bar's coming on well. Uh, them, them two are my friends and I asked them to come along. And what I like about Tim is he, he doesn't turn down an idea. Um, I've played for managers in the past when you take something, an idea to him, they kind of back you off as if to say like, mind your own business, whereas Tim will take on what you're saying. And if he trusts you, he'll have a look at what you're suggesting. And he's done that with a few players. Jonas helped with recruitment, um, still massive on the management side. And I just think so he's a real collective team effort this year. I don't think there's a divide between the management and the players. It's quite a, a, a tight-knit group. And I don't know the respect to that. I don't think we've got the best squad in the league. I think you've probably got to say Hanley Town have, but... Mm. We've got a very good blend, young players, experienced mm. players, quick players, strong players. There's a good mix there. So when there's changes to be met, there's usually a lot of like replacement or someone waiting to yeah. the game. And what I would say is finally on Worcester is you mentioned about the young players there, but in a season, in two seasons, if they're still around, they'll benefit from the experiences of this season and the next season. And that's when we can really start to really kick on, isn't it? Yeah, I think we've got some, some unbelievably talented players. Um, one who's probably not got as much football as the others, but he's just come on on Saturday, is young Cam Monteith. Um, technically, yeah. he's one of the best players I've ever trained with. He's a real, really good asset to the club, and I think he'll do well. Um, he's just got to open his mouth a little bit, and 
he's learning the game, to be honest. And to be fair to the lads, young Shucky, Jake Whitehouse, early on in the season, they're learning on the job. And when the mm. results was a bit sketchy at the start of the season, it's easier supporters and players to think, well, we've got too many young players and he's from the reserves and he's this. But I can't fault any of the lads. And the training's been tied in together. Last season, I never seen, I didn't know any of them lads and they was at the club all season. So Tim mixes and matches training. He's in regular contact with the um, reserve manager who trained just opposite us. And if there's a player ready to come across, they just move across to our session. And, uh, Shucky as well, who's, who's probably played the most football out of the lads. He's another one who's done well, played well um, in versatile positions. Yeah, definitely. Nice, nice. Um, so if we can talk about your career as a whole, have you been given any advice that's that's really um, stuck with you throughout your career or you, you always sort of think about and go back to? Yeah, um, it was quite funny actually because it was a backhanded compliment, but um, I was playing for uh, <laughs> Alf Church and... Uh, the coach, Kim Casey, who was, who was um, Kitty Minster Area's all-time top scorer, great bloke, um, he pulled me one day and he went, you could be the best player in football, uh, in non-league football if you wanted to, but the problem is you never use your brain. And then uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. And, and I knew that the, the statement was not true. I was nowhere near the best, but he got an extra, he got a bit of a kick out of me and then I've always tried to uh, use my brain, not always successfully, but... The football is in the brain, and it. Yeah, yeah, and that's even. Yeah, obviously, not to uh, put you down, everything, but like you, you just said, sometimes maybe you don't use your brain, but maybe. Or, well, that, that's what you think, maybe. No, that, no, it's, no it's, look, it's true. Like, um, yeah, I, I am a, I am a hot-headed player, which will, will always show in my disciplinary record with uh, probably yeah. a yellow card a week. It's a good job you can't bet on these leagues because I'd be odds on for a yellow every week. <laughs> But um, <laughs> I, I get that passion when I play the game. I, I cross the line sometimes, and it, it can be frustrating as much for the fans as myself. But uh, I have I have tried to rein it in a little bit, especially when I'm I'm captain in the side. Because if I lose my head with yeah. Jonah missing, not really a senior player there to talk these young lads through because everyone's concentrating on their own job. So. Mm. Yeah, but but even um, just with that bit of advice you you were given, um, well, the, the backhanded uh, comment, maybe even the the very fact that you're thinking about using your brain, you know, what I mean, even as yeah, you said, yeah. possibly even if you don't don't use it, it's the very fact that you kind of think I've got to think, even if nothing comes from it. Well, I've been coached by lots of players and um, lots of coaches, different levels of football and uh, Kim as a personal coach he, I think he could get 20% 30% better out of anybody no matter of ability mm. he had that he had that aura that when he spoke he listened to him he was straight he was honest he didn't raise his voice but he respected his words and he, he really did um, give me a lift in them few few months I was with him at Alf Church and I've got a lot of respect for uh, Kim to be honest I've seen him a few times on the circuit but uh, yeah those words did um I do resonate with me because that's going back 10 years now and I do still think about it occasionally when I'm about to do something stupid. <laughs> um, yeah, so you mentioned there about being a captain as well. How how did you feel when, uh, um, uh, you know, obviously Jonah going out, so you, you might not have been first choice captain, but how do you, um, how did you feel when the, when the, the gaffer said, you know, I want you to take the armband? Um, it's a privilege to captain any side in football, um, let alone 
one such as big as uh, Worcester City. But because um, Jonah really was unfortunate to get injured, I think it was the second pre-season game, he never really got into his stride. So I had it in the pre-season games and I could see the way it was going. And the gap I never really had a conversation, but I could tell the way we was working that he was looking never to be the captain. And mm. uh, no disrespect to the lads, if you look around, there's not a massive deal, great deal of experience and they're not all talkers, whereas I'm more of a shouter, but I, I can... <laughs> I try and I try and mix it up. Um, yeah, yeah. You give a compliment, give him a bit of a boost. Come on, lads. You know, like it's kind of natural to me, to be honest. Um, when Joe, when Jonah's on there, I probably do take a step back because he always calms me down. So he's the uh, the true captain. Because <laughs> when I'm going off on one, he um, he does have a little word with me in my ear. But uh, yeah, um, I don't, it's a job that I like doing. I don't mind doing. But uh, the sooner Jonah's back, the better. Yeah. Yeah, and. It- I mean, to be honest, if if either of you or Jonah are telling me what to do, and I'm a player, I'm I'm going to listen. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> if the same jump you're asking, yeah. hi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, what's been some of your high and low points of your career so far? Um, the highest point of my career um, was just that 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 period where we just couldn't stop winning at Bromsgrove. Um, mm. The the one that stands out most for me, I think we played um, Bristol Manor Farm and there was three and a half thousand people there singing my name. Wow. Uh, I had a great a great relationship with the fans, still do. And um, I remember just coming out for the game and I don't know how pros deal with it, to be honest. I've obviously become immune to it over the years, but the first 15, 20 minutes, I just couldn't... I was I, I was told I was playing well, but I couldn't concentrate mm. on what was what was going on. It was only when I looked back at the game, I thought, you know, I've had a, I've had a decent game there and I, I really enjoyed that, and the I enjoyed the Step Five League title the most. Um, we went unbeaten the one season, but we come really close to the season before. I think we finished a point behind somebody, so it was just a case of just trying to get out of that league. It felt like a season of where we knew we'd win the league from the word go, but we had to still play thirty-eight games. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we managed to go unbeaten, which the level of football wasn't the greatest, but to go unbeaten in any standard of football is some achievement. Um, the low point for me was the FA Vars. We got to the semi-finals and we was 1-1 in the first leg with Cleethorpes and we played mm. the second leg up in Grimsby. <clears throat> we conceded a free goal after 20 seconds and we never got another chance all game and they obviously went on to go and play at Wembley and uh, wow. that, was, that was a tough one to take, that one. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, to, to, you almost want to say you, you don't want to even get that far you know if you don't want to yeah. lose in a semi-final you'd rather go out first round but obviously not you know what I mean but yeah I was, I was saying to the lads um, we're in I think we're in the bars next week against a team from Peterborough and oh. I've been banging on about it all week because I've had that journey like deep yeah, in yeah. Just don't understand how good it is because for, for non-league this is our FA Cup and it's so doable to yeah. get to the round it's not like it's a million miles away. When you set out in that competition, if you've got a good side, you've got to be looking to play at Wembley. And mm. if, if it wasn't for a few ifs, buts and maybes, Bromsgrove would have been there and unfortunately never made it. I think Colesville got to the semi-finals that year as well. Um, so it was looking like it could be an all-Midland final and unfortunately neither of us made it. But um, mm. yeah, that one sticks in the memory. It was a bit of a signal. There was a few tears. That's what Jonas, but... Um, <laughs> 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 I've done that many a time. Yeah, um, there's, there's always um, uh, an interview that I sort of think back to uh, from from Dean Smith with um, obviously managing Villa, and he was saying 
they're trying to get the importance back in things like the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup because if you're a player, you know, in a season you might have, say, two chances to go to Wembley to, to play in a final, say, domestically. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, and, and you already get so many of those chances in your career. So you might as well take them because you you don't realise until maybe afterwards you've come out and you think, oh, shit, I could have gone to Wembley to, to play in front of you know was it 70,000 yeah. whatever it is yeah. um, I think I think the final South Shields are there I think it had over 20,000 fans that year because they they linked the FA Trophy and the FA Trophy plays first and then the FA Vars and your ticket gets you both entries so you've got four sets okay. of fans and uh, I know it was over 20,000 that's why I think like Worcester I've seen today that uh, win against Coventry if they're taking that kind of support to Coventry what would they take to Wembley if, if we were to make it mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It, it, uh, it's a lot. It's lifetime remember <clears throat> uh, memory, to be honest. Of course, yeah, and and to say, yeah, I got to play at Wembley as well. That's not everybody can say that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, who would you say is the best player or some <laughs> of the best players that you you've played with? Um, the out and out best player that I played with would be uh, Jason Cowley. Mm, mm. And I'm really good friends with him. He's a good mechanic if you actually if you want to uh, get your car sorted. <laughs> Don't mind yet. <laughs> um, he's a great, he's a great lad. Um, it's a shame that it hasn't quite worked out for him in the pro football. And he's had a lot of struggles with injuries, but I still mm. I think he done well. Even at Stevens, he managed to finish their top goal scorer. Uh, even wow, okay. We got brigade. I think he got five goals in 13 starts, and then there were some issues with his contract where. He triggered a new deal if he was to play a certain amount of games, and because of the uncertainty of what division they'd be in, they just stopped playing him. Which is oh, the, yeah. the cutthroat nature of obviously lower league football because the, a lot of the uh, league two players are on one year deals or not not as high paid as everyone thinks that they're on. So mm. um, the budgets are tight. But uh, at Bromsgrove for us, he was just the difference in in near off every game. Um, to be honest, we've been a bit sport. Me and Jonas say it all the time, but when Worcester was looking out for a front man um, last season, not so much this season because there is lads weighing in with goals, but you're just thinking, oh, Cowley would have scored that. Cowley yeah. would have done that. Mm. You've you, you got, you got to be realistic. There ain't no there ain't no Jason Cowleys at this level of football, and, and, and rightly so, because they're, they're obviously paid more money at higher levels. But, um, yeah, without a doubt, Jason Cowley. Um, yeah, um, who else I played with you? I really enjoyed. To be honest, it's Cowley. It's, I've had some great teams, but Cowley's the one, one the one for me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, I will actually say another sorry. lad who uh, I never played with enough, but he's gone on to have a good career, and who I thought was probably technically the best player I've ever played with would be um, Jamie Osborne at Solihull Moors. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, very very good player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple of a couple of quick fire, uh, well not quick fire, but quicker questions maybe. Um, do you have a preferred formation that you're playing uh, that you prefer playing? And obviously, we've seen with Worcester a variety of formations, whether it be three in defence or, or four. We've seen you, obviously, as we mentioned before, in the middle of a a, a midfield two or the right side of a, a three or a wing back, whatever it might be with you. Um, what is your preferred formation? I know it's pretty boring, but it is actually four four two, and and the reason okay. being that. Not not many people play it anymore, but 
when, in those years when Bromsgrove win the league, we had two good wingers and two good strikers. And every mm. game we were getting the ball out to the winger, get the ball in the box. It was old-fashioned, but for the level we play, it's effective. We mentioned earlier about the Premier League being, being very tactical. And the new formations are nicely expansive, the 4-3-3s, the 4-2-3-1 that Buster play. It's lovely because you can get more attacking players in. You can get three attacking midfielders and then two people doing the doggy work. And I understand why why clubs do play that. And it's hard to get hold of these good wingers and good strikers. So again, that goes back to me being sport with Richard Gregory, Jason Cowley, two good wingers. But for me, at this level, it'd be 4-4-2. Yeah, that's interesting. Because obviously everyone thinks that's a formation very much of the... Of, of the past, isn't it? But it, it obviously proves to be successful still. Um, a, a question that maybe provide uh, maybe needs a little bit more depth, but what would your main piece of advice be or a tip to a player that is young and, and basically coming through the academy? What main advice would you give to them? Um, for me, uh, I'll do imagine I was talking to my younger self because there is a lot of players that I think. Just not mm. to get yourself too carried away. Um, yeah. The level, of, the level of football that we play, it's it's not the highest, and, and but it's competitive. And when I was 17, 18, I don't think I respected the level. I thought I was good because I was scoring goals and doing well at youth team football. But that transition is is massive. So we've got we've felt lucky at Worcester and the young lads come in and they're willing to learn and they get on with the older lads and they take on the advice. I think you just need to, to listen and learn. Really, it's, it's a bit cliche and easy to say, but. It's massively important because if you, if you walk around thinking you're the finished article at 18, you won't get very far in the game. Yeah, no, that's yeah, sound yeah. advice. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? Uh, hindsight, looking back, and obviously yeah. you've made a very, very good, a very good, you know, career out of it. Um, you know, it hasn't ruined your career in any way. But it's just interesting when you look back and think, could I have done that slightly differently? Could I have reacted to that situation a little bit better, etc. Cool. So, who would you say is the best manager you've worked with and why? I think we might know the answer to this. Um, I'll have to say, for long, long, is it longer, longevity? Longevity? Yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It would be um, Paul Smith at Howes Owen at the minute. Um, mm. Because we spent that successful time. Um, and at the time, I was probably. Well, I was around the locally branded as a, oh, you don't want to manage him, he's, he's this and he, he does that. And he kind of mm. took me against the will of um, a few in the Bromsgrove camp. Uh, and he basically just said to me, look, this is what they're saying about you. This is what I think about you. Don't let me down kind of thing. But uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he operated a tough love tactic. And I'd say our friendship has been better since we didn't play together than when I actually played with him. But it's only like, looking back, I realised why he was like he was with me. He, he's always showed me uh, love and respect, but he, he wasn't a big praiser or you done this or you done that um, kind of manager. He's a very tactical... Mm. He's not a coach, he's a, he's a hands-on manager, man budget. But I would say, for man management, and I know it's early days, probably a big stand to make, it would be Tim. Um, yeah. Mm. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he... I don't think he probably realises how much respect the lads have actually got for him. Um, yeah. Me and Jonah, we, we, we're always going on about what a great bloke he is uh, away from football. And to be honest, we didn't get off to the best start. Um, he, he organised a, a game before we'd done any training sessions and we played a mixture of youth team and reserves. And I was eager to impress, so I was going around and I was chopping these young lads down and smashing <laughs> into this. And, um, the referee was like, well, you need to calm yourself down. And I was arguing with the referee. 
And then after about 45 minutes, he, he, he brought me off. And, and I was like kind of thinking, what, what are you bringing me off kind of thing? And uh, I, went, I went off and Tim said, he, did, he, he didn't really speak to me. So I got back and the missus was like, oh, how's, how's the uh, new Manchester? I don't think he really likes me. So I don't yeah. think I'll be uh, I don't think I'll be there very long. He, he brought me off and she was like, oh, you're overthinking and blah blah blah. And uh, he always makes a little joke about it now. Now that we're uh, we're so close, um, mm. we've got a really really good relationship. But the way he deals with players and integrating players, young lads especially, I've never seen at this level. Um, I think sometimes at Bromsgrove we'd have a young lad in the squad and it was a token gesture. They weren't in on any merit. They were just in to make it look like. We were checking young lads in, and I don't think there was ever any of them have ever gone on to play for the first team. Whereas the lads now are obviously getting regular game time. So um, yeah, I've got uh, I've got real good respect for Tim, and I think if you ask me this question in a few years and we've still continued to work together, uh, answers may be different. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, and who would you say you are closest uh, with in the the dressing room right now? Um, Maybe excluding Jonah, maybe. <laughs> um, excluding Jonah, I would say me and Dougie, uh, we've got a real good friendship group within the same friendship group. Um, mm. I, I convinced him to come to the club because he was at a loose end, to be honest. He hadn't really played at this level. He was at Alfredshire a bit as a young lad. He was a bit disillusioned with football. And I know the ability that he's got. You've obviously watched the games, probably seen it yourself now. Yeah, he's, he's a really uh, aggressive, dynamic midfielder, isn't he? Yeah, and, and and to be fair, he's grown into that role. It, when he first came, he was just a ball player for me, um, very good mm. on the ball. But uh, a couple of times, Tim put him in with me, and because we've got that relationship, because we're friends, where I can tell him sort yourself out, kind of thing. <clears> he, he he has turned into a little ball in there, and uh, yeah, he's, he's oh, that's interesting that you think he was a, a ball player because I look at him and think bulldog in the midfield, making it nasty, harassing. It is interesting <laughs> yeah. that you say he's more of a ball player before. Yeah, he, he he has changed his game to suit the level because I, I have had uh, I have deep chats with him all the time. Um, I'm good friends with uh, Cal as well, the right back. Another yeah, one. Yeah, he, mm. he, he hasn't really played at this level, um, kind of from Sunday league to be honest. Learning on the job, and he, he has good games, he has bad games as we all do. But I think he, just for Cal, he's just got to stop beating himself up. But um, yeah, me and Jonah have a relationship that really need uh, much saying on it. To be honest, we're very. Uh, fond of one another um, yeah I, and to be honest if it worked for Joan I'd probably go off the rails more regularly than I do because <laughs> he's, he's a soundboard for my moaning I uh, I do pile a lot onto him to be honest because he knows knows my character he knows how to um, diffuse situations before they arise and uh, I respect Joan a lot for that sure um, and then the last question for you we've got um, Aaron is have you got one or two funny st- stories that you can share with us from your time in, uh, in non-league football what kind of show is this <laughs> <laughs> mate there's no limits here you can go for it you can go for it uh, what did Jonas say shall I ring him and um, ask him <laughs> Jonas mentioned when he was, was abroad and yes in America someone come up to him he was in Bromsgrove obviously at Bromsgrove at the time and someone comes up to him are you Craig Jones from Bromsgrove it's like that's mad that is yeah well you know, you know this is no joke saying that I went to Miami a couple of years ago with my missus just before like, uh, Covid and she was mm. always going, everywhere we go, you know someone. Everywhere you go, we know someone. And I said, yeah, but it's because of the football. She's like, well, you can't possibly know someone here. And then we were standing there, and two lads come over and said, oh, you're right, mate. And she was like, how do you know them? I said, oh, I've played football with them. 
<laughs> oh, I can't believe yeah. it. Come on, I'll live to America. Um, a, a story um, uh, once come to me. So only a couple of weeks ago, actually, I've been bringing my son to the game, and uh, he's always he's always giving me the old bullshit, telling me he's scored goals and he's done this and he's done that. Mm. Bear in mind, I watch the game for when he plays. He's only seven. Yeah. And, um, my brother was watching him, and uh, one of the lads went to take a throw, and he was going, "Dad, Dad, Dad." And that I seen the ball coming into he threw the ball, the lad threw the ball into play. And I heard my son going, Dad, 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 and just naturally instinct. I said, What? He went, All right, Dad. And I went, You're right, son. And then the ball came, and as it came, I added the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I think we was playing I think we was playing Wolves casuals, and I was like, and a few of the fans said after, is that your son? And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> um, he could have cost you that. <laughs> I said to him, you have to stop going on when I'm playing. Just drink your beer and keep your mouth shut. <laughs> brilliant, but there, brilliant. There's been there's been some good there's been some good times. I've had a I've had a real good time of uh, football, to be honest. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a, that's about as amusing as my life gets these days. <laughs> <laughs> it's amusing enough for us, mate. So don't you worry about that. Um, that's the end of the questions, mate. So um, obviously, massive thank you for. Coming on, pleasure to, to have a chat with you. Obviously, I'll see you around in the in the coming weeks. I'll see you on Saturday for the game, of course. But um, yeah, but massive thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it, and we'll uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Pleasure, lads. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Cheers, Cheers Robert. Cheers, mate. Bye, bye. bye. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the High Press Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we really appreciate a rating on iTunes just so that people can find us more easily. Yeah, and make sure you follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Our handle is at the High Press Pod. This is where we announce all of our guests, run competitions, and keep you informed with everything happening on the High Press Podcast.